0: Times I'm like, there is something crazy going on with this patient, and I just adjust this fine, and maybe put two acupuncture needles in, or do a little bit of soft tissue, and the patient says this was a game changer, and it humbles me just the power of when the body is aligned, when the nervous system is working, just how sometimes the simplest of things, when we have super complex patients, can make a profound effect long term.
1: Welcome to the Longevity Blueprint Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Stephanie Gray. My number one goal with the show is to help you discover your personalized plan to build your dream health and live a longer, happier, truly healthier life. You're about to hear from a great friend of mine, Dr. Calla-Jane Clean. How else to start this podcast than with someone who's a ball of fun and simply out to help her clients achieve wellness? Callen is a 2009 graduate of Palmer College of Chiropractic and has opened and operated back in line family chiropractic and wellness in Hiawatha, Iowa since that time. Her area of practice focuses on acute care chiropractic with an emphasis in active release technique, Graston, acupuncture, and trigger point dry needling. She has been a fellow of anti-aging, regenerative, and functional medicine since 2013. She focuses special attention in teen and women's health with mostly clinical lab baseline measurements and wellness monitoring. She is co-founder of the e-commerce supplement company Well Labs, and she and her husband Tyler have two awesome children, Porter, age eight, and Cooper, age five. Let's get into the episode. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Longevity Blueprint Podcast. The topic for today is beyond the snap, crackle, pop. And my guest today is Dr. Calla Jane Clean. She goes by CJ, so I may be calling her that through this podcast. I'm super excited to have her on because she is a wonderful friend who actually wrote the foreword on my book, Your Longevity Blueprint. And chapter two, if you haven't read it, should read it, (laughs) is all about musculoskeletal and nervous system health. And this is a section of the book where I highlight chiropractic care and all of what it has done for me. I am a huge believer, huge fan of chiropractic care. I see CJ. (laughs) Um, And naturally, I wanted to have her on the show. So welcome, Dr. Calla Jane Clean. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me.
0: So tell me a little bit about what chiropractic care is and what you do. Yeah, so chiropractic care is this wonderful study of Um, health from there's a phrase called above down inside out in the chiropractic jargon. And um, we believe health comes from within and God created our body to heal itself. We sweat when we're hot, we shiver when we're cold. And we just have these innate abilities that um, we believe with chiropractic and staying in the line that it just helps optimal function from a variety of from a variety of parameters, really from a whole system, whole body approach. Um, We help treat patients, relieve pain, relieve ailments without the use of drugs. Um, We use our hands and we use some various tools that allow us to uh, uniquely treat each and every individual patient.
1: Wonderful. Well, we titled this podcast Beyond the Snap, Crackle, Pop because I think some individuals have a... um, Minimal, (laughs) a minimalist perspective on what chiropractic care really can do for them, but I want to address the snap crackle pop so first what is happening when you get adjusted and you hear that that popping sound it can kind of be scary so what's happening. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, too, a lot of people are terrified of that, or they've seen a crazy YouTube video. I mean, I've seen some of these videos and they terrify me. So, um, (laughs) and it doesn't have to be, um, chiropractic has this big range of very low velocity, low force to, crazy what i would even consider it looks traumatic <laughs> um so a big range of how we can treat our patients but a lot of the times the snap or the crackle i personally like receiving it as a patient but it's called um, a cavitation and really is what it is is when we put pressure on those joint spaces in the spine it's a cavitation it's a release of pressure it's a release of oxygen nitrogen and carbon dioxide so that's why a lot of people are like oh my gosh i just have this great euphoric feeling post adjustment. It's that release of pressure that's been building up in the spine. Um, Same thing happens when we crack our knuckles. Um, It's just not as specific that um, we as chiropractors like to treat when we treat the spine.
1: Well, I like that. It can be kind of scary when you hear lots of pops, but I do. I just feel this release. I just, I feel better. Yeah and they've studied that,
0: you know, just the endorphin release post adjustment that gives you that euphoria. Um, but again, not every time do we need to necessarily hear the, hear that cavitation of the nice crack. There's been times when I'm adjusting patients and I can feel it move, but it doesn't give you that, you know, it's kind of, for me as a chiropractor, it's wildly satisfying to hear that. <laughs> but I would also encourage patients, you know, that's been one of the things that's holding them back. Uh, my sister-in-law, she lives in Washington state and like even when she hears strangers cracking their knuckles, like it makes her entire body just get the chills. Like she just hates the sound of it. Well, for her sake, I don't want to say, Hey, then don't go to a chiropractor, just find a chiropractor who does low force that you don't necessarily have to hear those snaps and the crackles. But again, I love it. I love delivering that for patients, but chiropractic shouldn't be a one size fits all. You talk about this in your book that, you know, your approach to functional medicine, um, is very far from a cookie cutter approach and it has to be down to the individual. So I'm sure it is very affirming and
1: satisfying when you, <laughs> when you hear that, but, but expand on what you just mentioned. You said, um, there are different chiropractors with different, um, techniques. So what's the low,
0: you mentioned a low, low force, low force. What is that? What What is yeah. that? Yeah. So, so it's one of those things that I can't speak to the volume because I don't practice it on a daily basis. Um, that. There is So in the chiropractic realm, it can be hyper specialized based on the technique that the chiropractor likes to deliver. Typically, we're all biased. What we do and practice day in and day out, we think it's the best. In my honest opinion, um, it's not the best for everyone. One of my really good friends, um, she was coming in to me and her muscles were really tight and ragged and I work on a lot of muscles. And she would tell me, she's like, hey, every day I feel great after I leave your office. But the next day, I feel like kind of like I got a chiropractic hangover, and I was like, "Whoa, time out! <laughs> I've been <laughs> seeing over." <laughs> yeah, you know, I had never really heard of it either, but that's how she described it, and I was like, "Well, that's no fun." You didn't have the party last night to feel this awful today, and so I encouraged her to go down the road to a friend of mine who practices a very low force. So typically, like again, back to this range, you know, if we have very gentle, and when I talk gentle. Some people might think, did they even do anything? They just laid their hands on my body. I barely even felt any force. For some people, it's really powerful and really profound. Um, so she started to go to this low-force chiropractor, and there's a lot of techniques in that realm. Activator is one of the more common ones. That It's, it's like a little clipper. Um, and even that setting can have from a very low force to a you know stronger force. But compared to what I do, on a scale of 0 to 10, like zero being like the most gentle, like puff of air force compared to some of these YouTube videos where it looks like they're getting Jackie Chan, if you will. (laughs) Um, I'm probably like a five, six, seven kind of range, but low force again, just very, very gentle. And it can be very specific. And again, my friend, she in town, she gets like the deepest massage therapist to just beat the heck out of her muscles. But from a chiropractic perspective, her body responds so much quicker, faster, and she holds her therapies so much longer on that lower force chiropractic.
1: I think that's one of the things that I, I respect about you the most is that you know when to refer patients out. And I, I want to get more to that later. But I want to come back to um, my book because uh, in chapter two, I mention a quote. I actually open every chapter with a quote. And BJ Palmer, um, who he started the Palmer School of Chiropractic, is that
0: correct? He's the second generation. Dee Dee Palmer started it, and he's the son of Dee Dee Palmer. Got it. And we live in Iowa, and
1: that's where this chiropractic college is. So <laughs> have to shout out to, yeah, we're both from Iowa, have to shout out to Palmer, and that's where you went, correct? Yes. For school? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So the quote that I mentioned in the book is that medicine is the study of disease and what causes man to die, and chiropractic is the study of health and what causes man to live. And I think that is so true (laughs) because many times with medicine, I feel like we're just prescribing a pill for an ill. Uh, And with chiropractic care, I feel like that's what's like you mentioned, helping release the nitric oxide and and energizing us and really helping support all of our organ systems. And I know I, I, previously um, had very, uh, I, w- I was in a very stressed state. <laughs> my nervous system I, it was just in that fight or flight state and I needed to go to the chiropractor, you uh, very frequently. I can stress my appointments out a little further now, but I felt so just jazzed up and I needed to get adjusted to help calm down my nervous system. So that's just one example, one testimony of how I've benefited from chiropractic care. I, I truly believe in this care. I almost went to chiropractic school myself (laughs) and I ended up going down the nurse practitioner route, which is great because now I do have the option of integrating or combining, you know, natural medicine um, with conventional medicine and working with providers like you who provide, I guess we would call it more alternative care, but we need to offer our patients all of these options because I think that that gives them the best of all worlds combined that can help them um, live a better life, a, a healthier life. So, I believe that all my patients should be seen a chiropractor and I'm not even a chiropractor. So what, what do you think? What would you say to someone who thinks they don't need chiropractic care? Like I wasn't having joint pains or muscle pains. I was just stressed out. My nervous system was in this fight or flight state. And that's how I personally benefited. I didn't have an acute injury or back pain, whatnot. So what would you say to someone who thinks they may not need chiropractic care? Or maybe not everyone needs it. What's
0: your opinion on that? Yeah, you know, I think at any stage in the game um, of life, you know, from the littlest of babies to geriatric population, everybody can benefit. But again, like you said, um, you came in and you didn't necessarily have pain. You know, from an energy standpoint, you felt that, that there was an energy block. And so when we look at our nervous system, we have the parasympathetic, you know, rest and digest and fight or flight. So parasympathetic, sympathetic, and they go back and forth. Um, So a lot of times it's just the reset that we adjust in that mid back, that T spine, and it just kind of helps the system um, reset, if you will. But back to, I think, does everybody? Yeah. um, My yogis, my really disciplined patients that practice yoga that are very strong, but also flexible they rarely need to come in. They are honoring their body. They're putting it through movements and motions. I mean, personally, I've walked into a yoga class feeling that I've needed an adjustment and I spend the time and work on my body and I walk out and like, I freed that up, you know, that I was able to do on my own. Um, But I know some of my manual labor workers, they put a lot of wear and tear on their body or our endurance athletes and triathletes, they literally physically are putting more miles on their body Personally, I do feel when they come in, we see the joint restrictions, we see the muscle tension. They need to get adjusted a little bit more frequently. So it really again comes back down to the individual on what does their treatment plan look like. Um, I, have, I have a person I hadn't seen in three years pop in the other day, um, just kinked their neck, um, doing something you know nothing impressive, but they kinked their neck, um, and I teased him. I said, "Hey, I'll see you again in three years when you feel like you need it." But um, my husband, I always love telling the story of how he got introduced to chiropractic. I was in chiropractic school and I said, Hey, I need you to get adjusted. And he looked at me and he goes, I have no back pain, no back neck pain. And I said, babe, if you want this to work out, you're going to get adjusted. And, um, he was terrified. I said, what are what are you worried about? And he goes, well, once you start going to chiropractor, you have to go for the rest of your life. And I, I kind of had to sit with that for a little bit. And I'm like, you know, it, it was such a good point. And I see his point on two sides. I mean, a lot of times there are crooks in the chiropractic field. There's crooks in any healthcare field in any profession that they say I want you to come once a week for the rest of your life and give me five thousand dollars up front. And and this is not everybody. I'm not trying to say um, that there's a lot of us, but but they do exist. Um, and then you know on the other side of that, Tyler is a perfect example. He didn't know how good he could feel, and you know he said right after he got adjusted, he was like, I didn't know my neck could move like that. <laughs> um, and then, you know, too, then the next morning he was like, I didn't know I could sleep that good and that hard. And he didn't know what he'd been missing out. So it's kind of cool that I've seen him morph into a better understanding and a better connection to his body because it just, he just didn't know. So I always encourage people like, Hey, give it a shot. Don't wait necessarily until you have pain. Um, usually that's what drives people to come see you that there's, you know, in your case, what I witness is that people, there's two, you have two different types of patients one, the patient who's tried everything, the traditional medical models failed them and they're like, I'm willing to do whatever it takes, help me. And then there's other patients that come to you that they just align with, I want to figure out what's wrong and I want the data and the labs to show me what it is I need. I don't want to just go to the doctor and set, they tell me, oh, it sounds like you have depression. I have nothing to be depressed about, but I do feel depressed, you know? And so you are their investigator and say, hey, let's dig into this and let's get to the uniqueness of you. Similar with chiropractic, it's just you don't have to necessarily wait until there's an, an ailment, but really kind of do the research and find a chiropractor, ask your friends, who do you trust? Who have you been to? Who do you feel has good ethics and good integrity? If I don't feel like I have pain or an ailment, I need to connect with somebody um, to you know be another portal of a team player of the Total Health Package. I like that total health package. In my book, I talk a lot
1: about building a healthier body. And so the second step in building a healthier body, I believe is seeing a chiropractor, getting your joints and your muscles and your spine, everything in line so that your other organ systems can work effectively. So uh, let's go back to what an adjustment is. Can you tell me if someone comes into your office? So when you're um, offering, is it called a manipulation? or (laughs) How do you How do you treat a patient and then we'll talk about other than the adjustments um, some other modalities you offer in your office you're kind of a triple threat you you offer so much but let's focus on what an adjustment or a manipulation is so um, (laughs) since you said on the degree of severity you know from zero to ten you're more of a five six seven so if someone has never been to a chiropractor before what is an adjustment what can they expect
0: Yeah, so it really, again, depends on the type of chiropractor that they see for their first visit. there's there's a couple different types or varying degrees of chiropractors. So when I was in chiropractic schools, so like you said, I went to Davenport Palmer College in Iowa, it's where chiropractic started in 1985 or 1895, excuse me, as the same year X Ray was founded. Um, but very traditional chiropractors, who I have some of my best friends in the chiropractic world, practice very traditionally. Um, where I practice on the opposite end of the spectrum. So in our lingo, we call it you're you know a traditionalist, uh, um, a straight a straight chiropractor or what I am is a mixer and you know, I'd always joke in school that I'm a dirtiest mixer and I love it all. So nutrition, um, we call it thoughts, traumas, toxins, and I like to address all of them, you know, with it. Um, so I'll speak to that, but I really want to honor the traditional chiropractors. Um, it's what led me to chiropractic school in some, in some respects that you go in, you get an x-ray, you get an analysis, very specific analysis on the x-ray where we look for degrees of rotation, um, laterality, um, and, and it's a really cool evaluation when we do look at those x-rays. Um, and then they develop a treatment plan based on those x-rays. Um, Because you want your spine
1: to be in line, right? I mean, you want your spine, you don't want, yeah, I mean, you want your spine to be in line on that x-ray, right? So you're looking for for a general um, person who doesn't have a lot of training in the medical field. You don't want any of those vertebrae to be, you know, shifted to the side, whatnot, because that can impinge a nerve and cause pain. So you're looking for any abnormalities on that x-ray.
0: Yep. And those chiropractors, so um, Dr. Gonstead, he developed a method and they run like a nervoscope up and down the spine. And this nervoscope te- detects temperature differences. So again, it's more diagnostics for the clinician at the time that the patient comes in, where when they see that there's a subluxation based on the x-ray analysis, and then they see a temperature difference, that's when they know to adjust when and where, where the opposite kind of end of the spectrum and how I practice is based on motion based on muscle tension um and and, in the gonstead or the the straight chiropractors they do motion analysis too but again they go back to where do they see the subluxation on the x-ray um again because some of the stuff that we do we conflict but where i'm at as a chiropractor doesn't mean that mine is the best and theirs is the worst and vice versa every patient has to find and navigate what works well for them um, and build a relationship i'm really big on like do you trust this person do you have a relationship with them it's a very intimate relationship we touch our patients every single day Um, during all this coronavirus stuff you know a lot of people are really terrified and one of the things i'm so grateful is i still get to physically touch my patients which i think is is really um, important um, I had a patient come in. He was sitting at his work desk and had his feet up on the desk and the phone rang and it startled him and his feet, he like jumped up and um, felt a huge pop and an, in- an intense amount of pain. And they had to drag him to the hospital and cause he was in so much pain. He <laughs> and um, it was probably, I think 10 or 11 o'clock at night. So I wasn't open. And The next day, his wife, his poor wife is carrying him in and they're like, we got muscle relaxers and pain pills and we're dying. We need to figure something out. I lay him face down on the table and I lift up his shirt. I wanted to see what his back looked like. And he's got three perfect black and blue spots and it looks right where his transverse processes should be. And I said, did they x-ray your back? And he kind of looks at me and his wife and he goes, they didn't even touch me.
1: Hmm. Yeah, quit to prescribe the painkillers without any physical assessment. Yeah,
0: yeah, and he, he was visible. I mean, yeah, you know, honestly, I'm kind of glad they prescribed him. He was in so much pain, but it's because he literally had three fractures in his spine. And so it's just one of those things, like, I feel very fortunate we get to touch our patients. So anyway, I don't need to tangent there, but I want to assess the motion um, through active range of motion and then through uh, static palpation when they're laying face down on the table and find where those joint restrictions are. Um, I have a lot of great colleagues that think that that's reckless, they don't like that I don't take an x-ray before I adjust a patient, but we listen to the health history, we make sure that there's nothing alarming um, that would indicate, hey, before I adjust, like that patient that I just mentioned, who had the three illusion fractures, he was so symptomatic that I'm like, I am so sorry to do this, but I should not treat you until we get a look at that x-ray so we know what we're dealing with. Um, I had a roofer who, he fell off the roof and landed on his feet. And four days later, he's in my office with just massive pain, but I just, I didn't like the sound of it. And he did, he had a compression fracture in his spine. So we do our due diligence when x ray is, is definitely matches the health history. We'll run that x-ray. Um, and we have good results. If we didn't have good results, we wouldn't still be in practice today. So there's so many um, different ways that we can evaluate the spine. So again, it just comes back down to the, the provider and the, uh, the chiropractor's training and just the techniques that they provide. You have the skills, it
1: sounds like, to obviously palpate your patient and determine where they need that adjustment, but the wisdom to send them for an x-ray if needed. Yeah. Something that you've mentioned to me multiple times. Uh, what's the saying
0: that you say? There's 500 chiropractors, 500 different. No, oh, yeah. The great thing about chiropractic, there's over 200 techniques and philosophies out there. The bad thing about chiropractic, there's over 200 <laughs> techniques and philosophies <laughs> out there. The good and the bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, beyond
1: getting an adjustment, I think what, what, partially has, has helped us, I think, become such good friends. We just have a similar way of thinking. Uh, you offer more than the snap, crackle, pop. And that's, again, kind of why I titled the podcast this. That's so important. And I, I want to hear that, <laughs> that snap, crackle, pop. But what do you offer in your office beyond the adjustment? I think that really strengthens the care you can provide to your patient. So w-
0: what else do you offer there? Other What other tools and techniques do you have? Yeah. So beyond, beyond the snap, crackle, pop, which again, that's like my backbone, literally, it's my foundation of how I became a healthcare provider. Um, And again, you were the one that really introduced me to a whole nother set of tools from the functional medicine standpoint, but as it pertains to musculoskeletal care, um, I do a technique called active release technique. Um, It's really an assessment of the muscles, releasing a lot of the adhesions and trigger points that we can develop in between nerves and muscles. So when we look to the spine, about 80% of our body's musculature attaches to the spine in one way or another. So basically shoulder down, we have 80% of our musculature in our torso that is responsible for so much of our motion um, attaches back to the spine. So our goal is that if we can treat the muscle, ligament, tendon, nerve at the same time we treat the bone, Our bias is that we feel better quicker and then hopefully stay and maintain that adjustment longer. Um, I always tell my patients they have better things to be doing than sitting in my office all the time. Um, And my ego, I mean, our ego is like, we want to get our patients better and fast and back and, you know, doing their normal routines and not having to rely on us from the acute care. We love, I love wellness patients. Like when you come in, it's like, oh my gosh, I love it. Just, I check your spine, I adjust you and, you know, we catch up and you're on your way. Like that's actually my favorite but so much of our patients, they come in when there's an ailment. Hey, I'm having headaches. I'm having migraines. I'm having um, back pain. So, so much of us, when we work with insurance companies, it ha- to be medically necessary, it has to have a musculoskeletal pain, a discomfort, a numbness, a tingling. So in that realm, that's like what we call like the, the evidence-based chiropractic. Now, I have some patients that come to me only when they're constipated. Like CJ, I have zero back pain, but I'm constipated. When we look at, you know, L4, L5, S1, and we look how those nerves that leave that area of the spine has so much control over reproductive organs and that lower GI, we adjust their spine when they're out and their bowels get moving. A joke with some of my friends is um, the post-chiro poop when you take your,
1: your little one to the chiropractor. So if, if your child is constipated and you've tried many things, what yeah. whatnot, magnesium, obviously water and a belly massage, take them to the chiropractor
0: that yeah. facilitated. Well, and I think what you and I get to see in um, practice is we have some very diligent patients who've taken their, their kids to the chiropractor and they've done their, their work on saying, okay, I've done the chiropractic thing, but they're still constipated or they're still bedwetting. You know, what am I missing? And I think that's where you bring in so much from the functional medicine realm of let's look at this as a food allergy or food sensitivity. They're not digesting properly. So back to kind of the chiropractic, you know, blueprint, if you will, thoughts, traumas, toxins, we can address some of the trauma to the spine, but if we're not hitting something that's toxic to them, like maybe milk or gluten, or um, even something like a banana. you know, I, We've had kids come back with banana allergies or food intolerances, which really then can have a drastic effect. So chicken or the egg, is that banana or dairy allergy creating a subluxation in their spine, or is that spinal subluxation creating an inflammatory response to the food sensitivity. Right. We don't know, but let's treat them both. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Um, Go back to that
1: active release technique. So um, when you are adjusting patients, especially if they don't maybe hold their adjustment well, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but is doing, is offering that therapy, that active release technique, more going to help them hold their adjustment better because you're addressing the muscles and the spine at the same time?
0: yeah yeah and you know some of my patients um we get some referrals from uh the medical community and some of our patients are terrified and some of their medical providers are terrified of the cervical manipulation so we'll get a referral and they'll say you know no manipulation of the spine or of this the cervical spine which we honor that um we always have a discussion with the patient and there's been a you know a couple instances where i'm like oh my gosh this the main part of this is that, you know, that C1 vertebrae is so far out of alignment. If I don't treat it, I'm only treating the patient 50% by just doing the ART. So I don't want to minimize the adjustment in when it's necessary, but it's about respecting boundaries of patient preference. And I'll pick up the phone and call the the provider and say, hey, why are you concerned about this? And sometimes that dialogue is like, hey, there's a family history um, of vascular patency where they're, you know, having an, uh, abdominal a- aortic aneurysm which is very scary and so they don't want rotation of that spine and that's a very valid concern I think chiropractors should be talking about this a lot more about knowing when to adjust and knowing when not to adjust so we'll get some patients that have significant rotation inj- injuries um, or excuse me significant rotation restrictions. so this kind of range of motion but they're terrified of the adjustment so I've been able to fully restore functional range of motion with just doing ART and not even manipulating the spine So that's kind of nice in my realm of, I have multiple tools that I don't, for some reason it's contraindicated to adjust the patient. We can do the ART. Another technique I do is Graston, which we call it the shiny, the shiny butter knives. That smell like chocolate. Yeah. Expand on that. (laughs) Yeah. So the Graston tools, again, it's just literally another tool that addresses the the fascial adhesions, the muscle spasm. So fascia um, is like this clint, like cellophane or clean wrap. When it gets tight, You have to really work to pull it apart. Well, adhesions develop in our muscles from overuse, from poor posture, repetitive motion. So, so much of what we can do is I can adjust the spine, and then when I go in and treat that fascia, we get more pain relief. And like you said, the goal is that they hold their adjustment longer. If I just adjust the spine and don't tackle that adhesions and those those fascial releases, in my opinion, we're um we can do more to minimize treatment office visits and time. I, up here in in the, um, on the occiput and the C1, there's so much really crucial musculature that is really creating a lot of headaches and migraines. And so I love being able to treat both of those and get way better outcomes. Um, But again, it comes down to like the provider. If I've had a patient that comes in and they've tried five other chiropractors who practice very similar to how I practice, but maybe they didn't get the Graston or the ART, or we do acupuncture, we do trigger point needling, so I don't want to keep doing what they've already done. you know. And so really it comes down to the provider saying, what have you done, what worked, what didn't work? Um, and every once in a while, you know, Steph, you sent, um, you sent me a patient that had a medical file, like just pages and pages that this poor woman had been everywhere. And I pulled up her MRI um, that she had on a CD and I pulled it up And her C2 vertebrae. So it's it's supposed to sit like this and C1 sits around it and it rotates like a donut around that C2. Her C2 seriously looked 45 degrees tilted. And I looked at her, I was like, girlfriend, I am so sorry. I need you to go to a different chiropractor um, who does upper cervical. So my friend down the road practices atlas orthogonal. And I said, I want you to start with her. And I thought my friend Maggie was just gonna, have to see her seriously like a hundred times for how awful that c2 looked and i got an email from that patient probably three weeks later and said maggie has changed my life but in my professional opinion there's no way i've would been able to get to that level of specificity that dr maggie did um because i just didn't practice that technique so really again i think it really comes down to provider to really look at the patient from the whole picture of saying what is it that i think you need and sometimes i'm wrong um Sometimes I have been humbled and underestimate um, the power of what I do. It's just a tool. I'm just a mechanic. <laughs> the, the body is the healer. I just really work to put the tires rotated in the right spot. So there's times where I'm like, man, I, there is something crazy going on with this patient. And I just adjust the spine and maybe put two acupuncture needles in or do a little bit of soft tissue. And the patient says this was a game changer. And it, it humbles me just the power of when the body is aligned, when the nervous system is working just how sometimes the simplest of things when we have super complex patients um, can make a profound effect long-term. Absolutely, so let's talk about some
1: examples. You mentioned headaches um, that you have been able to help patients with. Let's talk about some other examples, maybe some unique cases. Like I know I had had no idea about some of the uh, techniques that you offered in your office Uh, until I started sending you patients and (laughs) I also started learning about how much you can help. So I, when I think of grass, the Graston technique and its benefits, I think of patients who have tendinitis. So like golfers, if they have a golfer's elbow or or tennis elbow um, athletes who have, have injuries or who have um, tendon issues, I think of your technique as being able to really break down scar tissue. Is that correct? Or fascia? You were just talking about fascia. Uh, so can you, obviously this is not my <laughs> forte, so can you expand on, for a listener, um, some complaints they may be having that these services, these techniques could help? So like tendinitis, um, carpal tunnel, plantar fasciitis, some of those things that, that these therapies could help that they may be totally unaware of and didn't realize how much they were
0: missing out. <laughs> yeah, well, and two, I think sometimes even my own patients, they'll say, Oh yeah, you know, I've got this case of plantar fasciitis and I've been treating their headaches. And I said, Hey, you never mentioned, you know, that before. And they're like, yeah, because you're the back doctor. (laughs) Um, and, and some people, they, you know, some chiropractors, they don't want to touch the feet. They don't want to deal with carpal tunnel. They just want to adjust their spine. And that's fine. Um, but, Again, when we work so much, like, so plantar fascia, it's the bottom of the feet. In cadaver labs, we've literally been able to trace the fascia from the bottom of the feet through the back of the Achilles, all the way up the hamstrings, all the way to the C1 vertebrae. Like, that's just how much fascial connections. Wow. Um, there's some pretty cool YouTube videos where they explain what fascia is. There was some woman that gave a TED talk, and she was a fascia expert, and she had this really cool bodysuit that she was able to pull the fascia up, and that just to be able to see, you know, I don't know if you can see on my shirt here, like when you pull it and you twist it, that's what happens to fascia. And so how does fascia get tight when we sit at our desk all day and doing this, the fascia and all the musculature. Yeah, I know. <laughs> everyone starts sitting up, right. But all of that fascia, it just tightens because we're in this position and posture all day long. This is also repetitive motion. We'll get tightening of the fascia to uh, along the back and the rhomboids to do one of these things, but then in front it just gets tighter and tighter. And so we can work with the, t- the techniques to be able to open up that fascia. So the bottom of the feet, um, I like treating plantar fascia because um, one, it's so debilitating, two, it really does impact patients' gait. So what I mean by that is they get up in the morning and their, their feet just ache and they kill and they they look like the 10 man and 10 women getting out of bed, that um, changes their gait and how they hunch down and, and they're posturing, it's going to mess up their back long term. So I like treating plantar fascia and the acute case um, when it's brand new, meaning uh, zero to three months. Um, usually we, we knock it out in about three to six visits. The chronic cases, um, we always aim for less is more, but some of those chronic cases take a multifactorial, more multifaceted approach, just because they've had it for so long that we can't just focus on the feet that we really have to include up the calf and Achilles into the hamstring. Um, but we do a combination of the Graston, the ART, and then people hate it. Um, the trigger point dry needling. Um, I try to do that last to see if we can get everything else cleared out. But if I don't, I always apologize because it's not pleasant. I mean, it's one of the, the worst techniques that I hate to deliver, but I love the results it gets. Yeah. They may hate it for two seconds, but then they love you five seconds later. Because <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And usually yeah. it's not five seconds later. I always tell them that <laughs> the next day they might hate me and want to, um, Call me yelling at, in an email or through a text because they might feel way worse um, just with the feet and the biomechanics of the feet. And I can't tell a patient, "Hey, stay off your feet." So usually, sometimes in the very first 24 hours, they absolutely hate me. But then, follow the next day, they're like, "Holy cow!" It starts to feel a lot better.
1: Well, I've just heard an incredible testimonies. I haven't had that done on my feet. I've had it done, I think, on my pecs. You've because I get so tight yeah. right here from sitting like this. Yeah. Well, and, and PEX feels a lot more
0: pleasant compared to the. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, I hope I hope you I not have I to hope. come in for the plantar fascia. <laughs> I, I hope so too. Um, I know I've
1: had patients throughout the years have uh, surgery scheduled for carpal tunnel syndrome, and I and I say, please, just go see my friend. Please go see see Dr. CJ. And they have canceled their surgeries. I mean, not that this therapy, we can't promise it, is going to prevent everyone from you know ever needing surgery. But I know these patients have been extremely thankful that before they went under the knife, they at least tried, at least explored some other options. And you were very um, effective for them. So I thank you for that.
0: Yeah, well, and thank you. And I guess kind of to piggyback off that, back to the functional medicine realm, I mean, when we feel the hands and we can find the nerve entrapments, um, typically... We'll know very quickly, like within that first visit, if we start getting, if we can recreate the very symptoms that they have, it means that we're on the right structure and the right anatomy that's creating the pinch in the hose. Think about it that way. I mean, anytime we've got carpal tunnel, there's a nerve being in pinch. So what they do surgically is they go in and cut the fascia. So that the nerve can glide through there and so our goal is that can we break through that fascia you know and we can have carpal tunnel symptom being trapped here all the way you know from the elbow to parts of the in the shoulder and the musculature here and here all the way into the neck but they might not have any pain nerve pain here the pain might just be in the back of the hand so even sometimes just doing that action will really flare people up well how do we type all day it's in that action so we can start by treating in the hand but you know, a good clinician, we're supposed to find it in a kinetic chain. However, back to the functional medicine and the thoughts, traumas, toxins, sometimes this is gluten intolerance. Mm.
1: Yeah, what's contributing to inflammation throughout the entire body? Likely something you're eating. Yeah. yeah,
0: this is undiagnosed autoimmunity. You know, when we can feel that there's just a lot of sticky um, swelling and inflammation in between the muscle bellies that it's like, okay, we're not... And, and that's where it comes is the patient willing and able to go down that route of exploring, you know, we do some more diagnostic testing, or are we just going to go and create a surgery that will give them relief? It, it, you know, a lot of the time it will, but not get to the root cause of the problem because that gluten they're
1: eating is, could lead to auto, an autoimmune condition. It could be also yeah. the cause of yeah. other symptoms they're having that, they haven't put the dots together yet on. Yeah. I mentioned earlier <laughs> that I would get back to <laughs> one thing that I appreciate about you is knowing when to refer patients out. And so you do send us a lot of patients when you would say, hey, this patient's retaining a lot of fluid, I, something's going on. Uh, you may refer us a patient to explore if even something like mold, a mold toxin could be contributing to them right. retaining this fluid. Or I know you send a lot of patients out to lymphatic, lymphatic drainage specialists um, to help the patient literally <laughs> get rid of some of the fluid. So I think that's, that's one of your office's strengths also is that you know when to refer patients out, um, when to re- who to refer them to. I know you've also had, you have two children, two beautiful, very blonde children. You can kind of see behind her in the pictures, actually. <laughs>
0: They're a little bit older now. I should update them, but. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, you had a very humbling experience with the birth of your second child, your son, um, that has taught you a lot in life, the lessons that you carry through your practice. So do you want to tell us uh, just briefly kind of what that experience was like for you?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, I, kind of, I love to tell it. Um, because my my firstborn daughter, her name is Porter, and she was born on leap day, so just a unique soul, literally from day one. And she started sleeping. And I hate to admit this in front of like new moms, but she was sleeping through the night like at two weeks. And I just had this like glow of yeah, and last night. My fourteen month old was awake three times. I know, I know, but I did. I had. Bless I, did, you, bless you. I call it um an innocent ignorance because I had it and I was glowing with the innocent ignorance of, well, yeah, it's because she's getting chiropractic and she's getting breastfed and I'm the best mom and I'm doing all these worldly things. (laughs) Um, and that's why she's sleeping through the night. And then, um, so here I am in my full on being great mom. Um, three years later, my son comes and he was born on January 1st. Um, first baby of the new year. I have the weirdest birthdays for my kids and the news always shows up. And I said, you just had the first baby of the year. Will you be on the news? Or you just had a leap day. That's like of all the times you want to be on the news. It's not after you've just had a baby. Um, but yeah, so Cooper came on January 1st and that child was hospitalized six times, five times before his six month, um, months of life and he was sick with all these respiratory viruses and he wouldn't fever which as a chiropractor you're like man the fever the fever is what kills the virus so the fact that he wasn't fevering was really kind of messing with me and it made no sense because i was doing everything even better than what i had done with my first and so i kind of think god humbled me with respect to oh child you can do everything right and health still not be and you know it was the humbling reality of like we're not in control And Steph, I know you've seen patients that they're doing the work, they're doing the diligence, they're doing the labs, they're doing the supplements, they're changing the lifestyle, and we're not getting the outcomes. And it's frustrating. And I think that's when we have to remember like the true healer and the true, the true power, what made the body heals the body. And um, so I, I needed that. Uh, my son Cooper's experience to be humbled that you can do everything right and still go wildly wrong. But um, in short, he is healthy. Um, he is, I tell people he's prison vinegar now. Um, but it, it was really a humbling experience. Um, he w- in a short, he was, we don't know why, but he was having massive kidney stones, which is very bizarre for babies and infants. He was um, clogging catheters because he had so many stones. But um, after that June visit down um, at the University of Iowa, we had a great experience and a great team there. Um, it's kind of a miracle. We don't know what caused it and why it stopped, but I'm grateful. But I needed that. I needed to be humbled as a patient when you're so vulnerable for somebody to help you, um, that you'll do anything. But also, you know, on the flip side of uh, the realm of our own personal responsibility to take care of ourselves um, eat a good diet because I don't want to have to rely on the medical system again. Not that I don't trust it. I have a lot of faith in it, but just that level of vulnerability of when you feel so awful and so helpless that it was a very uncomfortable feeling, but I, I needed to go through it. And I'm grateful that I had friends like you. Um, there was a couple other friends in town that I, you know, healthcare providers that I could lean on and text ideas and, um, to help find Cooper. Yeah, well, thank
1: God he is a healthy, adorable baby boy now. And I think what I love seeing when not that I ever love to see a friend or a family member suffer, but what I do love to see come out of it is just how the the appreciation that you have for the suffering and what has come out of that and what now you can empathize differently with patients. Um, So I'm but I'm mostly just happy to know that he is doing well. (laughs) Um, What is one thing that you cannot live with every day? Like what's what's something that's very important to you that you can't go without uh, on the health spectrum? Like what is one of your healthy uh, addictions?
0: <laughs> I know that the addiction, um, you know, you would send me the email. You're like, what's the one thing that you do for longevity or what's this? I'm like, man, Stephanie, my ADD, um, I am not a pattern habitual person. My husband on the other side, like he has the same routine he gets up in the morning. He goes to the bathroom. He brushes his, washes his hand, brushes his teeth, and jumps in the shower. And like he does it in a very like orderly pattern. And I am so not like that. So to answer the question, what is the one thing I do daily? Is probably I don't do the same thing every day, <laughs> <laughs>
1: or even I, I should have said
0: or weekly. What's something that you do weekly for yeah. yourself? Like yeah, or even I, I, I mean, I think. And again, this is just maybe the current moment, but the prayer, the meditation, um, daily, weekly. I mean, it might not be um, as long as it should, but it's definitely there in the daily routine. But I'm big on um, journaling and and goal setting. I think in realms of longevity, um, we all need to know what we're working on and towards
1: every whenever we're at a conference or whatnot I know you always have your book or in your purse you're always writing things down and and goals are what like 90 percent more likely to be accomplished if you write them down so that's partially why you've accomplished so much because you're writing them down so um audience
0: listeners take that take that to heart let me ask you what's yours what 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 is one thing that you can't live without or that's part of your routine you probably wouldn't like my answer. What
1: I think of one thing I couldn't live without, I, I immediately want to say air conditioning. because <laughs> <laughs> I'm always so warm. I need, I need air conditioning. I'll say this because of the next question that I was going to ask you, something that you do daily to support your immune system. I am pretty habitual about my supplements. I just, that's just part of my routine. So something that I do every single morning is I, I wake up, if William's not up, I go out to the kitchen and I'm taking my supplements. So right now, silver is something that I love taking. I, I usually take it through flu season. Um, I was kind of lax. I kind of laxed on it in January, February, but then in March started taking it again. So I am fully habitual about taking my supplements. Like I, if I don't take them, I, it, it causes anxiety. <laughs> that is something that I do daily, but I I think prayer and meditation is more important than taking the supplements. So (laughs) that's something also, especially as I'm feeding William and walking him to sleep at night, that's kind of my prayer time Pray for him, pray over, you know, business and family. And then that's, that's the time that I have right now to do that. So that's also part of my routine, but what do you do to support your immune system or what is a tip for the viewers, the listeners on immune
0: support? Yeah, I know one of the things that I, um, I feel really passionately about, especially with what you and I are seeing just in our patients, um, movement, sweating, our bodies were meant to move. We weren't meant to sit at a desk all day and sit at computers. Um, we were meant to move. And I think that movement, um, from a longevity standpoint, I mean, it circulates the blood, it cleanses the blood, sweat detoxes the body. So um, it doesn't have to be a crazy cardio workout every single day, but getting strong, maintaining strong. So I'm a big, like firm believer. If we're not moving, if we're not working out and sweating um, at least 20 to 30 minutes, four to five days a week, um, we're doing harm and it doesn't cost anything. We can all do it with um, YouTube. And I mean, there is so much free information out there, literally at our fingertips, thanks to technology that um, we have no excuse not to move. Um, but even just like the, the mindful mo- uh, motions of yoga and, um, you know, there's Tai Chi and Qigong and, um, even just something as simple as like bouncing on like those little trampolines just to get the body moving and from an energy standpoint. So I'm a big believer in that. And thankfully it was hard when I think as working mom, Stephanie, and you'd probably agree that the workouts especially after you have a kid, then you're having to nurse them and then pump, or if you're not pumping, then you're changing diapers or doing laundry. And then you want to shower yourself that like the whole time to work out, you have to either be really, really diligent, but, and I did, I fell off the wagon, you know, working out with uh, probably four or five years of, um, from the time that I got pregnant with my daughter till my son was having his second birthday workouts were not Consistent in that part of it. And now it's not about being fit for me working out. It's about the mental clarity that it gives me to burn off the adrenaline and get clear in my head for the. Yep. I totally agree. I used to
1: go to yoga and through my pregnancy, I went to yoga. I just, I, I needed that so bad. <laughs> um, and I have really relaxed on that. And recently, I just, especially with everything being closed, yes, you can access it online. So I just said, okay, William, we're doing yoga today. And we were in the basement and he was laughing at me and kind of looking at me and making faces like, you know, like what are you doing, Mom? And I I just stretched and I let him kind of climb all over me. <laughs> I got some yoga, and of course, it wasn't the most relaxing practice, but it still we were laughing together. It was a fun experience—not yeah. uh, experiment, although it was an experiment. Fun experience, and <laughs> and, yeah. and that just kind of motivated me to say, think there's no reason why I can't be doing this every week, and so that's something that I. I'm speaking out loud that I'm going to start incorporating again. And he's at the age now where I can leave and go to yoga. So when everything opens up, I, I look forward to getting back into that. But I love that, your 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 tip, movement. I'm gonna take that as your top longevity tip, which is
0: wonderful. So where can viewers find you? Yeah, yeah. My practice is called Back in Line Chiropractic. Um, we're located in Hiawatha, Iowa, which is right next to Cedar Rapids in your practice. We also have a website called my well labs that we have a supplement line similar to longevity blueprint. Those are your websites and your own
1: social media. Your businesses are on social media as well. Yeah. Yeah. What are those two websites then?
0: Yeah. My back in um and then, um, mywelllabs.com. Wonderful. my wonderful. There's on Wonderful. The, I don't even remember like Instagram might be at my back in line. I'm not even <laughs> sure it's embarrassing, that I don't know that. Um, Um, You can follow my personal page, which I mix personal and professional all the time. I have no boundaries. Um, that might be a problem. I don't know. <laughs> but we'll. I'll get all those links from you and we'll post all of that in the show notes. So please,
1: um, please follow Dr. CJ Kleen on all of her social media accounts. CJ, this has been a total joy and I hope viewers do realize they are likely missing out on the benefits of chiropractic care and that they truly may not know how good they could feel <laughs> um, if they can find and select a wonderful, um, good fit chiropractor for their health. So thank you so much for always supporting me and thank you for your smile and the joy that you bring to all your patients and your just contribution to this world. So thank you for being on as a guest today.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: See, I told you she was fun. I hope Dr. Clean has alleviated any fears you may have regarding seeing a chiropractor for the first time and also truly conveyed the benefits of it. Chiropractic care is something I have received tremendous help from and I, of course, want that for you too. Be sure to check out my book, Your Longevity Blueprint. And if you aren't much of a reader, you're in luck. You can now take my course online, where I walk you through each chapter in the book. Plus, for a limited time, not only is the course 50% off, but you also get your first consult with me for free. Check this offer out at yourlongevityblueprint.com and click the course tab. One of the biggest things you can do to support the show and help us reach more listeners is to subscribe to the show and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. I read all of the reviews and would truly love to hear your suggestions for show topics, guests, or how you're applying what you've learned on the show to create your own longevity blueprint. The podcast is produced by the team at Counterweight Creative. As always, thanks so much for listening. And remember, wellness is waiting. The information provided in this podcast is educational. No information provided should be considered to be or used as a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always consult with your personal medical authority.